Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Life Runners podcast. Hope you all are doing all right today. If you are into watches, then I would assume by the fact that you're listening to this podcast that you are interested in watches. You probably saw the article that was published by Bloomberg on June 23rd, so last Thursday, about how Rolex and Patek returns beat vintage cars and Bitcoin. I think I got this post on on um, Instagram. Bloomberg obviously posted a picture of their, their article um, to their Instagram page. And I think this this specific article was sent to me about six or seven times. And that's just from my like personal friends. It wasn't even um, talking about, you know, when people sent this over to Life on the Wrist. I know that the last podcast we sort of talked about um, prices of some watches, or maybe the last, uh, maybe two episodes ago we spoke about watches, but I think it's kind of hard for me to ignore the fact that this was escalated pretty pretty much every day of um, up until now um, uh, by my friends. So I thought I would give you my thoughts on the article and also the Subdial 50 Index which is um, a bit of a project um, about um, a company that's doing some pretty, uh, pretty interesting things with, um, <clears throat> with, uh, with watches and sort of like investing in watches. So um, I'll, I'll talk about that. I'll then end the podcast by talking about Swiss watch export results for the month of May 2022. Um, fairly positive results out of Switzerland. Um, some interesting, um, interesting sort of country-based results, which I, I'll get into uh, when we get over to that topic. So <clears throat> Bloomberg um, basically published an article. Uh, Andy Hoffman was the writer of the article, and the article was essentially describing the fact that um, the Subdial 50 Index, which tracks global market prices for the 50 most traded luxury watches by value, has declined about 6% in the past 30 days, but has returned um, about 30% year to date, which um, outpaces um, which outpaces a lot of other investments that a lot of people look to to uh, sort of store their money and, and, and place a little bit of value um, of their sort of portfolio in. Now, I've extensively covered <clears throat> investing in, in luxury watches and vintage watches my messaging has always been buy watches because you love them, not because they're a good investment. Um, I think that's a byproduct of buying watches in a good way. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think you should buy them for the right reasons. So 40, I actually found the number. So in the last, over the last 12 months, it surged about 44%. And um, it, it doesn't give, the article itself sort of, Picks out, uh, talks about um, some, uh, s- uh, gives a little context of like types of watches that are good investments, and the fact that um, interest is interest in collectible vintage watches have sp- spiked during the pandemic as consumers who are flush with cash, but stuck at home, parked funds and timepieces they lusted over online, um, and it. It talks about how people invested in cryptocurrencies and tech stocks and that that was really successful for them until um, the last couple of months where both of those uh, asset classes have sort of seen major declines um, due to sort of macroeconomic factors. Um, The 6% that 
that watches have seen over the last 30, uh, 30 days is maybe that cooling effect that we're seeing for a lot of other uh, financial assets. Um, but nevertheless, I think it kind of really drew to light um, watches to, um, to people who maybe were not so, well, for people who are not interested in watches, and I think this is um, this definitely got a lot of attention, both online and and um, and just in person talking to, to folks. So <clears throat> it mentions the Subdial 50 index, which um, basically tracks the 50 most traded watches. And if you look at the collection that they have, um, it really is heavy on, as you would imagine, Patek Philippe, Rolex. Um, and really that's about it. So the, the watches that they have in this portfolio are things like a, 40, a Rolex Datejust 41, a Daytona, uh, a Rolex Daytona. Um, what are the pieces? They've got a, a, Ro a Rolex Daydate, the one with um, <clears throat> Roman numerals in, in, in pink gold. So it's got a ton of Daytonas in here. Uh, um, it's got a Sky Dweller, GMT Master 2, Pepsi. It's got the Hulk in there. It's got the Patek Philippe Nautilus 5712. It's got the Batman. It's got a a Rolex Submariner date 116610LN. It's got um, Patek Philippe Nautilus 5980. It's it really has all of the watches that you would imagine someone would want to invest in. It's got the 5711. But the portfolio is basically constructed as these are the most tradable traded watches, and um, we're the the company is basically tracking the the value of these and so. Um, over the last 12 months, uh, when I'm looking at it right now, it's up 27.8% in the last 12 months. If we look in the last six months, it's up 7.8%, and in the last 30 days, it's down 4.9%. It's an interesting concept to track a portfolio of very, very trade tradable watches. They also do it for um, specific companies. So they have portfolios of Alain watches, of Aroma Piguet watches, of Cartier watches, Omega, Patek Philippe, Rolex, Tudor, they do it for a lot of different um, different uh, companies. And I think it's an interesting concept. <clears throat> Again, I, I'd be interested to know where they're actually getting this data from. I'm sure they have um, a pretty, a pretty um, robust um, set of data that, that they are um, pulling from. Um, but the platform that they have, which is, um, I'll put a link in the show notes to both the Bloomberg article and uh, Subdial Clubhouse, is um, pretty interesting. You can track uh, market prices of, um, of watches, of specific brands, and it really is an interesting concept. Um, of course, as I mentioned, I hope that this doesn't become uh, too much of a financial asset because I think it should be viewed as you're buying watches because you love them, but this is a sort of a byproduct that you can have from it. Um, if I really think about, you know, the article is really drawing to attention to the last 12 months of watches and the fact that it's sort of, there's been a little bit of a downturn, as I mentioned, over the last three days, according to this subdial 50, it's down about 5%. Um, I, think, I think it's normal, and they, meant they, they have a, a quote from one of the uh, co-founders of subdial, um, where he basically says that there's you know there's been a big run up in a lot in some of the models and they've come down probably to more a more reasonable price um, and of course you know these prices are based on demand it's literally the demand for these pieces that are going to dictate the the prices and the returns of the portfolios that they've created for their website um, 
So, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to it. I think over the last 30 days, I, I, I agree with the co-founder. I think things have sort of cooled off a little bit. People are realizing that um, we're in reality here. And, um, you know, over the tw last 12 months, I think is a good description of really the, um, <clears throat> really the idea that I think more and more people are getting into watches, which is, I think is really great. Um, but there's, there continues to be, um, uh, you know, difficulty getting a hold of some of these pieces. And I think that's uh, inevitable um, with the way that the, the company's manufacturing. I don't think anything is going to change. Um, I, I think most people would agree with me there. Um, what's going to happen over the next 30 days? I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you. Um, but I, I, I think if you think about this from a long-term perspective, it's, it's watches will always be in demand. I think there will always be someone who's interested in, in, in certain watches. I think trying to keep your, your mind open to, to some of these other pieces is, is a, it's a good way of looking at it. It'll be interesting to see what sub, the subdial actually is able to, um, well, I'd be interested in, you know, their data sources, their, um, their literature online is, not super extensive um, yeah not super extensive but um, apparently they the way that they um, they sort of de describe it is we believe the power of data to deliver a fair more efficient and more enjoyable uh, watch market all of our pricing is driven by the latest real world market data don't really know what the market data is, but again, I, I think there's um, some interesting insights that you can get from from the prices of the watches that they're tracking. Like I said, I'll leave a, sh a link in the show notes to both the Bloomberg article and Subdial, um, so you can sh uh, take a look at those. If you if we move over to Swiss watch exports for the month of May, um, there was really strong performance within the average range of the for the start of the year. Um, Swiss watch exports benefited from a robust performance in most of their markets, except China and Hong Kong, as well as two more business days than in 2021. Growth in May was 13.6% at about 2 billion Swiss francs. Um, the two countries that I'm, markets that I mentioned that had poor, uh, let's call them poor uh, results, China and Hong Kong are two very, very significant markets. Um, so it's kind of crazy that they, that they um, had had um, not the best results. As I mentioned, 13.6%, you're actually seeing the 12-month moving average sort of normalize back down to something a little bit more reasonable. Obviously, there was a 12-month moving average rose above 30% because of the low base of 2020. But now that we're comparing results to a decent year, we're coming back down to sort of a reasonable 12-month moving average were just um, <clears throat> probably something like 17 or 18%. Watches by material were mainly driven by, um, value was mainly driven by watches uh, in precious metals and steel uh, cased pieces. Other material, other metals and other materials both uh, produced particularly strong growth, even though um, they didn't, you know, they obviously don't have a as much of an effect as metal and uh, precious metal and steel watches have because they are just fewer. Um, the number of items that were sold were actually negative 0.7, so percent, negative 0.7 percent, so really unchanged um, and remained in line with its levels in compared to 20, uh, May 2021. 
So a fairly good year. You're seeing similar amounts of watches sold, um, but value driven up just a little bit. If you look at the price categories, you'll notice that um, watches over 3,000 Swiss francs perform pretty well. Uh, watches under 200 Swiss francs were just a little bit uh, up, 5% uh, in units, 4% in value. I forgot to mention, um, if you look at uh, watches over 3,000 Swiss francs, <coughs> it was they, they rose 9.5% uh, in units and 20% in value. But then this middle section, sort of, you know, between 200 and 3,000 Swiss francs, where things didn't really perform very well. If you look at the 200 to 500 Swiss franc price range, they, uh, that price range was down 21% in units and 22% in value. And then 500 to 3,000 Swiss francs was down 3% in units and basically unchanged in value. <clears throat> so both kind of spectrums of these watches were uh, did well, the middle market sort of not as as well. If you look at the main markets, top six were US, Hong Kong, Japan, United Kingdom, Singapore, and France. France creeping into the top six, uh, not a market that we've spoken about often. These six markets make 50, up 52.5% of the total share of exports for the month of May. As I mentioned, China was not in this, um, in this list. They were actually fell down to eighth, which is pretty incredible. Uh, if you go from, from six, which was France, you get Germany, who is seventh, and then China, who was eighth. China was a huge, um, it's a huge market for, for Swiss watch export, uh, Swiss watches in general, and um, saw really weak results, 91 million, um, which was uh, off 65.2% compared to 2021. If you compare it to 2022, that was, it was off 10%. Uh, uh, so even worse results compared to a, a time where the pandemic was still pretty, pretty, um, pretty prevalent at that time. Um, so crazy, pretty pretty wild that they were not part of the top six. Hong Kong fell about three percent, which isn't as bad as as China's negative sixty five percent. It is nice to see France and Germany make it into the top, let's call it eight markets, uh, and saw really positive results. France growing by eighty nine and a half percent, Germany growing by twenty five percent. So pretty significant um, that these countries are doing um, very very well. I think we're going to see much of the same for um, June. I think we might see things cooling off a little bit. I think, obviously, um, recession concerns and inflation concerns and raising r rising rates are all on the top of people on the top of most people's minds. However, I do think that the economies in June are doing decently well. I can say that I think there's a lot of people who are traveling. And of course, traveling means you can visit watch stores and when you visit watch stores, you're gonna buy something. So I think um, maybe not as positive as a, a 13 and a half percent growth, but if, if Swiss watch exports hit around that 2 billion mark, I think they, that would be pretty good. Um, maybe something like 1.8 billion um, Swiss francs might, might be where we would come in. So I'll leave a link in the show notes to the Federation for Swiss Watch, um, for Swiss Virology, um, in the in the show notes so you can check that out as well it'll just be to their home page so you might have to find the may the may results um but uh it's always a good place to to go i hope you enjoyed this podcast and hearing about the bloomberg article i'm sure you probably read it or it was sent to you if you are a watch enthusiast so 
Um, let me know what you think about that. I, I'm available on Instagram if you want to want to chat, or you can hit, go to our website and see that there. And I hope you um, enjoyed hearing about Swiss Watch Exports for the month of May 2022. If you are new to this podcast, be sure to follow us if you like watches and share it with your friends who may be interested in watch watch podcasts. Uh, we're coming up on episode 100, which is pretty wild, um, pretty exciting too. Uh, if you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.